Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. There is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne chose! You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. I was mad last night. I, I was really mad last night. I, I I I don't even know what to say after tonight. I don't even know. Okay, let's let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. I'm Matt O'Han. Thank you for listening to the Sick Podcast. Tony's on vacation. Uh, I'm filling in for Tony. Uh, Tony is back. Well, Tony's going to be uh, taking my slot tomorrow, and he'll be back to regular scheduled programming as of Monday because he'll be back from Portugal. Uh, you know the drill. Let's go. Let's do this. Uh, sick podcast brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Energy Transportation Group is a leading full service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. We're also brought to you by La Bitta TB Beer, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature and finally we're also brought to you by playground discover a world of luxury at playground explore their new thirty thousand square foot expansion with thrilling games gourmet dining and live entertainment located just over the mercier bridge only minutes away from downtown montreal playground experience the strip without the trip um it, it does look really good. I've seen a lot of uh, stories from Tony and uh, Sammy. Uh, it looks unbelievable. I'm, I'm going to have to take a trip there uh, one of these days. Okay. Um, I, back to the game. Like, I just don't know. Uh, you know, I log on before. I pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, I log on. I'm fuming sitting here. And Sammy and Yellow make me wait uh, 12 minutes, I think it was. Till I get to talk to someone about this game for two seconds before we have to put the intro song on. And I, I go, what a horrible game. I like, I can't believe you guys, like you make me watch this crap. And they go, what do you mean? You watch every game. I go, I know, but you know, like that was awful. They go, oh, come on. It was three, two. It couldn't have been that bad. It was that bad. Awful, 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 awful. Uh, just start to finish. You know, you would think after last night, I know it's a back-to-back, you would think after last night that they they would show a little bit of pride. Maybe they saved some energy in the tank. 
you know, for tonight. You know, it's home at the Bell Center. You don't want to get embarrassed against the San Jose Sharks, who just lost 12 straight games. Like, what, what are we doing here? It's crazy. And then you have some people, oh, no, the Canadians, they're better than they were last year. I, I don't want, I don't care. I don't care. That was pathetic. How many times can we come on this show and say, uh, you know, what a lack of effort. That was disgusting. I'm disgusted what I saw by them. It's happened so many times. And for the people that that are that are delusional and, and just want wins all the time, like, get a clue. The Canadians are closer to that, to the San Jose Sharks in the standings, than the New York Rangers, who they beat, who apparently that's the crowning moment of their season uh, last Saturday. It's pathetic. And I feel bad for all of you in the comments who watch that game. Uh, I, I really do. I feel bad for you because you wasted three hours of your life. And now nah, that's a consolation prize. You get an hour with me now, so it's not that bad. At least I got, I'm getting paid. At least I'm getting paid to watch the game. You know, I almost wanted to, you know, text Damian and Yellow halfway through the per second period going, I don't want it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the money to me. All right, another guy who's getting paid to watch the game. Uh, he's, uh, he's my guest tonight. He was I spoke to him for the first time last week. Uh, he's from Recruits.ca. He runs the sick podcast, uh, DraftCast. His name is Grant McCagg. He's one half of the sick podcast, DraftCast. Grant, how we doing? I want to raise. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. I'm not a big drinker, but they, they've driven me to drink. I, I about middle of the second period, I said, okay, I went and cracked the cold one and, uh, uh, started suck a few back. So, uh, just, you know, cause I mean, I was going to fall asleep, you know, well, that's natural. I, I had to come on and give some, you know, profound analysis on that, but imagine paying 300 bucks and then leaving with about six minutes left. The only excitement, the only thing that they did that excited the crowd at all was when they, you know, I mean, they got a three goalie system. Maybe they should look at this no goalie system because the only time they were, they were exciting at all tonight was when there was no goalie in the net. So they should just games like that about midway through the second period when they had a known uh, offensive zone, I would have, I would have pulled the goalie you know, next game that they're, if they play like that, where there's no heart, no effort, no nothing. Middle of the second period, when they're that, I, I I pull the goalie just to wait and say, okay, the only time you showed any heart or any anything at all was the last six minutes when the goalie was pulled. So I'm going to pull the goalie now. Let's see if you can you can get one and get back in it. Because I mean, I don't know what Marty said in the second period. Uh, it certainly didn't inspire them. After the first, I thought, okay, they'll come out. You know. And it came out a little bit for about a minute. But then in, in the third period, too, I'm thinking, they're lifeless. And last game was the same. Like, that's the worst two back-to-back -back games they played of the year. I, I mean, it was just, you can accept it when they, when the effort's there. But tonight, that was, uh, they mailed it in. That was uh, very, very disappointing. Um, I was, I, I had a look at the, at their um who they've lost to this year and 11 of their losses have come against non-playoff teams 
that's you know you gotta win you gotta win some of those right mm. <laughs> that's the difference between being a playoff contender and being a pretender and we're getting uh like tonight was was the nail in the coffin as far as the playoffs go for sure i mean we kind of knew it already but uh i don't know if you saw the um the interview with uh drager the insider saying that uh mm-hmm. they promised monahan that they'd trade him at some point this year before the year which i found interesting cuz i mean were what if they were in a play i mean it you didn't expect it, but what if they were in a playoff position going up to the trade deadline? Were they going to trade him regardless? Would he not have wanted to stay? Would they not have wanted to keep him for the play? You know, uh, uh, so that that surprised me. I mean, Drager's pretty good, pretty accurate with his info, so I don't doubt that 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 was the case. Maybe he's got it a little misinterpreted, but I found that interesting. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't want to dwell too long on tonight's game because it was uh, depressing. You know, just the thing, I I saw a great take on Twitter. And as mad as I was last night, uh, after last night's game, you know, you could make the argument that they, at least they worked. Yeah, they did. You know, you're right. So a little better. So the take goes like this. It's from Andrew Berkshire. I'll tell you exactly what happened there. The Habs didn't outplay Philly, but they worked their asses off defensively to steal a point. Uh, they came I don't into know. this game. They came they, into this game. Hold on. Yeah. They came into this game thinking the Sharks could they could just, you know, dog it and you know, they'll come away with a win no problem with a regular effort. Meanwhile, the Sharks had this game circled as winnable. And they yeah. played their asses off, and they ended up winning the game. Yeah, well, I don't know. They were really out of sync last night. They were terrible. Like, yeah, I they don't... were awful last night. So I don't know. Uh, I don't uh, – I mean, I don't follow Andrew Berkshire, so not surprising that I don't necessarily agree with that. But mm-hmm. anyway, let's move on. Yeah, so, uh, I mean – just want to touch on a few things because I, I, you know, it's tough. You know, you want to pull positives from somewhere. We managed to do it last night. By God, we're going to do it again tonight. Um, Mike Matheson, uh, he had a very good game. He looked like uh, a little snake bitten after, you know, uh, after trying to get that 200 point for a couple games. I say snake bitten because the Canadians forwards aren't scoring so they got to rely on the defense on the defenseman to pitch in so when he's not uh putting up points on the board uh be it goals or assists it's it's a little more evident like i was kind of waiting for that 200 point um but hey uh he had himself a very nice game tonight uh other than the fact that he will not pass the puck to the right i uh, does he have a transparent eye patch on the right hand, uh, on his right eye, because I swear to God, he just, for the life of him, will not pass it to Slavkowski when he's open on the right. Every single time it goes, he either shoots it on net or he passes it to Caulfield. Every time. He had 18 shot attempts tonight. Hmm. That's crazy. It just, like, 
every single time he got the puck there, it was, well, it's either going to Caulfield or I'm shooting it at the net. Finally, I mean, out 18 shots, okay, one of them got tipped by Anderson. It went in. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, but it just frustrates me that he just, it's predictable with him. Every time it's either shoot or pass it to Caulfield. Shoot, pass it to Caulfield. When he gets it and slaps over there, wide open, he's got, he's tapping his stick. He's got a stick like this. He's looking around, skating around, and he never friggin' passes it to him ever. It's once a game, if he's lucky, he passes it to him on the power play. And I don't know why he can't mix it up. So we're not as agreeable this uh, show as the last time, eh? Matt, hey, but listen, were... it makes for uh makes for uh <laughs> it'll make for a good debate. It'll yeah, make yeah. a good debate. No, no, I just I mean, yeah, I you know, he had some I mean he was involved. 17 shot attempts, he was involved, definitely, but wow, it's uh I just get frustrated with it. Like, has no one talked to him about it that hey Caulfield's standing against the boards. You pass it to him, and Caulfield doesn't do anything with it. Well, try it the other way, where Slaff's sitting there, ready for the one time where he's got a great shot too. Once in a while, mix it up and pass it the other way. It just—it's the same. It's been the same thing ever since uh, Slaff became his defense partner on on the uh, power play. I don't know why he won't pass it to him, but he doesn't. And uh, you got to mix it up. You got to mix it around. You know, Slaff, I mean, their second best chance was when, you know, it got dished to Slaff in the in the slot and he shot it and it went off the boards and Caulfield. I thought he was burying that one. They did come close to tying it, I mean, amazingly, mm-hmm. despite the, you know, I mean, San Jose outplayed them for 53 minutes for sure. And then the only thing that saved them, coming close was uh, with the empty net. They had it in their San Jose zone for most of the six minutes, but wow, that was, uh, that was quite possibly the worst effort of the season for them. Yeah. And, and you know, the discouraging thing is, is like, maybe you say that last year, like they were worse last year. Let's get that straight. The Canadians were worse and they, they were, you know, the, the record, shows that i mean they were i think at this point last year they were uh let me i have it in front of me they were 16 22 and three you know horrible injuries horrible injuries last year though too right i mean they've been bad this year but last year it was just it was uh horrible where where it is is that you know what annoys me is that before the season we all we all said you know they're not going to make the playoffs but they're going to be fun to watch again, and we're going to see improvements. Uh, how many times this year have we seen efforts like this one where they just go out there and dog it? Like, we couldn't say that last year. You know, you could say that, you know, maybe count on two hands, uh, you know, through 82 games. That's pretty good for a bad team, team that finished bottom five. Uh, this year, I mean, we're halfway through the season. You could count on two hands. Uh, you could probably, you probably need a third hand to count how many times <laughs> they've gone out there and dogged it. it it's yeah. It, it really, it was. It, it's just, I, I don't know what's going on in that room. I don't know. 
at what point you start to like, I, I get it. There's a lack of talent on the ice. I get it. However, you can't well, excuse effort for a lack of ta- like, there's no excuse for no effort. Uh, I'm sorry. That, that's just a fact. And I, I wonder just at what point I'm not before people jump down my throat, I'm not calling for his, uh, his head. But at what point do you start to question Martin St. Louis? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I question a few things. Like uh, last game, why did why did Jake Evans take every face off in overtime? Why was he on for three and two goal scorer? Like that's back and that's getting back to the conservative Claude mode where he used to put out Byron Fraze and uh, Paul Byron and you know like it was all the defensive guys that had to play in overtime because you played not to lose instead of playing to win. Uh, I looked at Evans's uh, faceoff stats, and he had thirty-nine uh, percent on uh, faceoffs at center this year. Why did he take the opening faceoff? Thirty-nine percent. He took the opening faceoff in overtime. What's Jake Evans' two-goal scorer doing on the ice to start an overtime? Like where did what stats are they looking at that they found that you know that's above my head because these guys are the NHL guys and I mean I get told it I get told oh well you know you don't criticize these guys they've got stats that you don't have well he's won thirty nine percent of the draws at, at center ice this year why did Jake Evans start the start the overtime why did Jake Evans take every face off in overtime he even took one. And I looked at the stats. He was 0 for 3 in his own zone on the left, on the right-hand side going into the game last night. Hadn't won a face-off there. Him and Monaghan are out for some reason, and he took the face-off hmm. there. Uh, why was he on the ice for every face-off in overtime? It's just, it's inexplicable to me. So, I, yeah, I'm. You know, the the honeymoon starts to wear off after a while, and you start to wonder about some of the some of the coaching decisions. Why did Slavkowski, who the second last game that they played overtime, he played the last 18 seconds, and he was amazing. Like he went out there, he he drew a penalty, he made a great play to to stop a goal, then stopped it, went back down into the other zone, then drew a penalty from Keade Miller. And he doesn't play in overtime last night. Jake mm-hmm. Evans instead plays yeah. three minutes. Like, it's almost like they're starting to play to lose, you know? Like, uh, I don't I don't get it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a little frustrated. But, uh, I mean, the – and you start to wonder when the effort isn't there, that how much is he motivated, you know? Maybe they're yeah. – maybe the message is starting to – uh, you know, they're not listening to him as, as much as you'd hope. So, yeah, I mean, you have to, after two years of this, you have to start to to wonder if, uh, uh, you know, just if he's, if he's developing a, as an NHL coach and if the team's buying in and listening to him. Like, I expected them to come out after the second period and to have some jump. Yeah. 
like uh, inspire them somehow, but they were seemed uninspired all night tonight and uh, very disappointing. So, I mean, I'm not crazy about uh, Marty St. Louis' coaching job this year necessarily, but uh, you have to, you know, they're down, their talent level isn't there too. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it, they're five points out of a playoff spot with, with, with their obvious lack of talent. They don't have a second line, right? They've got a first line that's top six line. You could argue that they're not a legitimate. I mean, the way they played the last three games, they aren't, they didn't play like a first line. That's for sure. But they don't have a top six right now. And, um, so you got to give Marty a little leeway with that. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to get another year at least. And next year when there's a talent infusion, I think from what we're, what we're being told with this Monaghan situation is that Hughes did not expect to make the playoffs this year. The plan, even though we don't hear it, I mean, it, you know, if miracles miracles can happen and they could have, if Doc would have been healthy and new hook and stuff and everything came together, maybe they would have made the playoffs, but they weren't expecting it, I guess. And that's realistic. One more year rebuild. And, uh, but you start getting some talent in next year. I think they're going to trade. They're going to make a trade for a top six forward down the stretch here. I really do. Um, a young guy or whatever that can come in and uh, and fill a spot, then bring in the young guys, bring back Doc, hope that New Hook continues to evolve and find a top, have a top six next year because you got to have it. If you want to make the playoffs, you need uh, two legitimate top six lines, and it's been, what, three decades since they've had that? It's it, It's time, you know, we... Tired of the Habs, the flying Frenchmen who one time were the most skilled team in the league. When I was growing up, it's been three bloody decades since they, since we've, you know, it's been three decades of defensive, mediocre hockey. And, uh, yeah, I I really hope that starting next year, because it's not going to happen this year by the looks of things, that, that, you know, it'll start to, Go ahead. Yeah, the the because you say there's going to be a, a talent infusion at some point. Of course, there will be. Um, and, and this got my mind working because it's it's topical because uh, he's you know there's a player uh, in trade rumors because the, the the Anaheim Ducks just acquired another young forward. <laughs> now uh, Trevor Zegras is uh, in the yeah. in the rumor mill. Right. I, listen, I'm. If I'm Kent Hughes, I'm all over that. I, I know he's having a I, I know he's having a tough year this year, but you gotta take, you know, who on the Canadians isn't having a tough year, so that's the first thing. Um and you gotta take the good with the bad and look at the entire sample size. He had 60 points his rookie season, he had 65 points last year. Uh, he's not. He didn't just fall off a cliff, and he's a nobody, you know. And for the people saying he's small, he's six foot. He's six feet tall and one eighty five. It's not big, but it's also not small. 
Yeah. You know, he's a very talented forward. I, I think oh, he's skilled. The, I think it'd be I think it'd be what do the Canadians need? Skill and talent, and that would be just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. But yeah, you, you know, it takes two to tango. What like what are Montreal Montreal's trading assets are defensemen and Anaheim does not need defensemen. Mm-hmm. They they already just traded one and they I mean because they're loaded with young defensemen, just like Montreal. Like they're the two most, they have the two, Montreal and Anaheim have the deepest young core of defensemen in the league. So they just traded, uh, you know, they just traded Drysdale, but they still are loaded. Like they've got Luno, Warren coming, uh, Minchikov's great. They love Zellweger. Um, you know, Fowler's still young. The, I can go on and on with their defense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know what Montreal could offer. And honestly, I mean, I, you know, I've got a lot of inside connections with, uh, with scouts and stuff. And uh-huh. Zegras is, uh, um, I don't know how good a guy he is in the dressing room. Like he's kind of a, you know, a bit of a wheel. Uh, I don't know. I, the, the way that they're trying to build this team. And I know <laughs> doesn't after a game like today, it doesn't seem like the, the Habs are brimming with character, but um, it just doesn't seem like the, the Hughes uh, Bob Rov type of player Zegris. And I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if they, I mean, they'd have to offer a forward and I don't see them having that a young forward that they want to get rid of that uh, Anaheim would, would take in return. Cause I think if Anaheim moves Zegras, they want back a forward. Um, do you like, do you think they trade draft picks for him? Like what would you, you know, it, it's great to, yeah. Okay. We want this guy. But right. No, I, I hear you. It, it, both teams have to, it has to be palatable for both teams, obviously. I'm uh, giving, you know, I, this might be a little much. It might be a little much for some people, but you know, because a lot of people, I'm, I'm reading the comments right now, and people are just like blasting Zegras um, and saying, "I'm not giving up our future for Trevor Zegras." It's the guy yeah. is uh, the same age as Cole Caulfield. What are, what are we talking about here? Um, it's <laughs> and uh, yes, I, I'm aware That's that I'm true. also aware, I'm also aware that he's injured. Uh, for all the people you know updating me on that, I'm aware of that. But we're we're talking injection of talent down the line. Uh, I I'd probably give up any prospect that's not named Lane Hudson. Um, prospects name not named Lane Hudson plural. Uh, plus. You know, he's – you don't find talent like that just anywhere. You know, like people could it's, – it's very funny because everyone sings his praises when he's scoring and now he's having a bad year and people are crapping all over him. You know, like these are the same – you know, it's the same uh, Montreal Canadiens fans that will, you know, fight till the very end, fight to the death over Cole Caulfield and how he's, you know, all that and – you know, like I believe no. he is. I I believe I believe it, but he hasn't shown it to me this year. He hasn't proven he could stay mm. healthy. You know, I'm a believer. That, 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 that let's get yeah. that straight. Well, Zegers hasn't I, shown it this year either. So you know, um, 
yeah, yeah, I again, what guys are going to appeal like other teams are going to have better packages, right? Like, well, who can Montreal, what forward, young forward that you're, you know, su suggesting young, you know, prospects, what young forward are they going to trade that will entice Anaheim to make that deal that another team won't offer more of, you know, um, especially when I really don't think that Montreal thinks he's a good fit. Um, I, I see what they're building. It's a process. It's uh, we're impatient. Both of us, obviously. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and so are a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, you don't go off of the plan. And I think Zegers would be going off the plan because, oh, here's a talented player. Oh, we got to get him because we need a talent. We need talent. But I, I still think, you know, they're going to get, they're going to get a, a, a character, highly skilled forward in the draft this year. I mean, it's looking more and more like they're going to probably pick top eight and there's going to be some good players. So they're going to get that. They're going to get Doc back. They're going to get New Hook back. Uh, they've got Beck, Kapanen, um, Rock, Joshua coming. Mm-hmm. Cer certainly one or two of those guys is going to, you know, make the team next year. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good, that's, that's, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice group to uh, build around. So uh, like you're saying, you'd trade Reinbacher, but they, Anaheim doesn't want, like they don't need Reinbacher. I hear you. I you hear know? you. And, uh, Personally, I wouldn't do that, but uh, I mean that's that's me. But I just don't think that that would that's a good fit. I don't think Anaheim and Montreal are a good fit. I don't think Zegers is who Montreal, uh, who Hughes and and the uh, scouting staff covet. So I'd be surprised. But I mean, he, <laughs> I, th there's no doubt at all that he would be a top six forward on the Canadians, and that he's skilled, and that. Uh, if they did trade for him, I'd warm up to it, you know? So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'd be surprised. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. You know, it's a, it's all, it's all hypothetical. And like you said, you'd warm up to it because, you know, he's well, here, he's, you know, you got no choice. You know, that's, got no choice. that's the way I've always been, you know, uh, yeah. like uh, the fans that went apoplectic when Subban got traded. No, I'm never going to cheer for the Habs again. Well, I became, uh, uh, you know, a huge Shea Weber fan the, the day that he got traded to them, you know. And yeah. by PK, thanks for the memories. Uh, you, you gave us a lot of great uh, moments and you're a dynamic kid, you know, or he was at the time. But now, you know, move on. It's, it's team. So, yeah. I, I mean, I would cheer. I would become a – I would – want Zegers to become a point of game guy in the NHL if he became a hat. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, listen, the, thankfully uh, we aren't getting paid to make these decisions for the Canadians. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, I don't know what I would do. You know, I, I, it's like, what can they do? But eventually I, I find, you know, 
I wouldn't, Grant, I wouldn't say that you and I are impatient. It's just we expect more than what was on our screens the past two nights, you know? Like yeah, yeah. That, that's, that goes beyond not having talent. That's... I didn't feel like working tonight. Like I, I you know, we, yeah. all, we all do it. We all do it sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, you know, not everyone has their best day of work, but it seems like not, it just feels like they're not, they're all not having their best day at work very often. It, it's very often where they're, you know, I don't feel like giving it 110 tonight. Well, what is their uh, differential? Are they like, they're like second last in the league or something like that? Minus 27, third, fourth. Like in the East, there's second last in goal differential, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's been a lot of stinkers this year. And last year, at least, like even with the horrific amount of injuries, they gave it They gave it on most nights. And this year, we, we're seeing less of it. Like, why, <laughs> why did they not show up tonight at all? Like, I just... It was so so important for them to beat the last place team in the league, and that if they wanted to stay, like all of these these games against bottom feeders are must wins, and you're at home. Yeah, you didn't play. You know, yeah, you had fifty some shots against against New York, and we're lucky to win that. Mm-hmm. You were lucky to get a point. Really lucky to get a point against Philadelphia. I mean, holy jeez two shots in the first period and they were both not really shots. They were bounced off about five people. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they should never have got a point against Philadelphia last night either. And then turned around. And I thought, okay, well, there'll be effort tonight at least. And no, it was uh, quite possibly the worst game of the year for them. So let's, uh, Let's move off the game because it's we're both upset about this. I, I feel like everyone in the comments is is upset about it. Also, let's <laughs> let's move on. Uh, let's talk about fun things. You know, um, yeah. Like like let's talk about. You know, we mentioned him. I, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, you and producer Shane had a very special guest, a very exciting guest on the draft cast. Uh, why don't you tell me about that conversation you had with Lane Hudson? Oh yeah. He's a terrific kid. Um, like, I, you know, I, I, I said, well, I'll, I'll get in touch with him and see if he wants to come on the draft cast this week. I mean, he just, you know, he just won a gold medal, just came back, probably still jet lagged. Oh yeah. Has a ton of schoolwork to get caught up on plays last night or plays the night before. And, you know, a game and gets three points and then comes on uh, in the office at the, at the rink uh, doing a podcast. Cause it was probably just after practice or something, you know, like, I mean, wow. Uh, what a character kid. I just, uh, the more I've gotten to know him and talking to t- two of his coaches that he's had at, at the uh, under 18 level on the, on the draft cast this year, just uh, how competitive and how um, just character, just complete character kid. And he's going to be an NHLer. I have no doubt about it. And people that, you know, come on uh, and, you know, media guys that say, well, let this and that, I'm telling you, I have no doubts whatsoever 
that he will beat the odds, as they say, because he's a 5'9", 5'10", 160-pound defenseman. There aren't many of them, but mm-hmm. some of them make it, and he's going to be one of them. hes uh, I have no doubt about that in my mind. You know, uh, what really uh, – the the height is not of concern to me. Uh, it's just the weight. And, hey, he's a 19-year-old kid. He's going to put on weight. He's going to fill out that yeah. body because, you know, you mentioned uh, there's – there's a there's a lot there's a ton of uh, defensemen that are his size that have made it. I think a pretty good one, and I think he's got more skill than him, r- raw skill. Um, we'll see if it materializes. I think he carved himself out a pretty good uh, NHL career as one Tory Krug. You know, five mm-hmm. nine, one ninety five. That's it. He just bump, he bumped up the weight, and then he. Uh, he yeah, it. I don't think anyone would would uh, would be upset if a prime Tory Krug was on the Canadians. In talking to him, though, he really like I don't think he has any intention on putting on thirty pounds. Like I think he thinks that will hurt his game. And in watching him, I don't you don't see him getting. A, he's one of those kids that's just uh, for his weight is uh, wiry, wiry, strong. Um, I don't see him getting out muscled a heck of a lot, despite his size. And he's got a wingspan. Like, his arms are down below his knees. Like, he he Mm. could even see it in the podcast. Like, you (laughs) you, you know, like, you can't see, you know, you can't see past his elbows, you know. Um, So, he's got a long reach, uh, which you you wouldn't expect for a kid that's 5'10". He says he's 5'10". Well, Well, okay. He's 5'10", mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll believe him. Doesn't look it on the <laughs> ice. You know, I mean, he looks 5'9", but uh, maybe it's because he's tiny, He's slight as well. So you kind of – but, no, he uh, he's not – I don't really don't think he's going to play because I asked him about it, you know, how much more weight – well, you know, I mean, I think I could play at this weight. You know, he thinks he can play in the NHL at 160 pounds. And this kid's attitude, well, you saw him fight that. I assume you watched the gold medal game of the World oh, yeah. Juniors. Yeah, yeah. And, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, he came back at that friggin' 6 2 speed. And, <laughs> Monster. <you know>? Yeah, <laughs> like he's not afraid. And he, he told me uh, in interviews that I had before over the phone, like, I play it like, to me, everybody's the same size out in the ice, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how he plays. And that's, I mean, uh, he's proved people wrong all his life and he's going to continue to do that. And he's not going to be 190 pounds. He's going to be a 175 pound, uh, 5'10 defenseman that just keeps defying the odds. That's what I think is going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, just look at uh, this is another defenseman. Uh, he's pretty good himself. Again, not comparing them talent wise, but just frame wise. Uh, Kale McCarr, 5'11, 187. So, you know, that's lower in the weight, in the weight class than, than Tori Krug. Uh, and, you know, you just catch someone the right way if you know how to hit, you're going to yeah. knock someone on their, on their, on their behind because that's what, uh, Kale McCarr is very, very good at doing. So yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's not a, he's not 
Makar, I don't know if he's 187. He's probably a little, you know, you look at those weights and measures and, and they're not necessarily always accurate to yeah, write up they the date. Tack on, they always tack on a few. Yeah, yeah. They tack on the height, but they don't necessarily tack on the weight. They keep it from whatever his weight was, you know, early in his career sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly Makar's stock here. Like even, you know, in his draft year or whatever, he probably weighed 175 or something like that. And, and you know, I asked Lane and, you know, did you put on weight? No, I didn't put on weight over the year. Were, like in the off season, were you, no, just, mm-hmm. you know, I play at 160 and I'm comfortable with it. And, I mean, you can't argue with it. Like, you know, he's just, he's dominant at the, he's the best college defenseman, arguably. Uh mm-hmm. He was the best defensive defenseman, arguably, at the World Juniors at 160 pounds. So, um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I get where he's coming from, where he doesn't want to bulk up too much and then lose some of that, you know, the the quickness that he has. So we'll see. I mean, obviously he's going to put on a few pounds, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played at 170 you know, 175 at the most at the NHL level and excels. So let's uh, let's throw up uh, this comment by Insta Customs because it's a good one. Nick. Uh, Snake says he's not a good backward skater and NHL players will have no problem getting around him. Any uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I don't. Do we does Snake have uh, highlights of all the time to- all the guys that beat him to the outside at the World Juniors? Because I, <laughs> you know, I watched every game. I, jeez, hmm. yeah, uh, his positioning, his guile, his stick, um, competitiveness are all top notch. So he's not the greatest skater. Even forward, I, I mean, I'd say, you know, that goes for forward and backward. He, he kind of has a, a a funny stride and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I don't think that it's something that's going to, uh, you know, um, keep him out of the NHL by any means. He just, he, he, he figures it out, even when there are limitations to a certain degree. Um I don't think he's a you know a fabulous skater by any means. Uh, great feet though, like yeah, at the blue line, he uh, he he can deke anybody, and he's going to do it at the NHL level too. Montreal clearly needs help on the uh, on the power play, as you you know, uh, you know, despite how well Matheson played tonight, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> no, I. I yeah. really do think that they uh, they need a power play quarterback. I don't think that's Matheson. And uh, he's going to help Montreal immeasurably on the power play when he when he's finally ready. You know, I hope so, because uh, right now it just seems like to get back to the Canadians on the ice, uh, it just seems like, you know, everything they did tonight and last night. Uh, the So our biggest gripe, uh, at the beginning of the season was the power play. There's no creativity. They're always doing the same thing. They drop the puck, they drop the puck to Nick Suzuki. He, te- he carries it in and they look for Caulfield and 
it's pretty much all they had in their back pocket. Uh, yeah, it improved. It improved a little bit, but uh, then at five on five, I, I just like, am I am I crazy, Grant? Well, I know. Don't answer that yet. Hold on. Um, am I crazy or were just all that they were doing was just feeding the puck to the point the past two games, and just you know they're they're have the defenseman just take a shot and hope for a puck to bounce in the right spot and bang one in. That's just what it felt like they were doing all night tonight and all night last night when they had the puck last night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, feeding it to Caulfield as well. Mm-hmm. Like when, when, yeah. when the point man was feeding it to Caulfield, but yeah, they, they kept uh, getting it back to Matheson and him. Like again, I think, they showed a stat at one point and he had almost 20 attempted shots tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it was just get it back to Matheson. He, he tries to get it on net and hope uh, for the best. I mean, it, it, it resulted in one goal. So I guess, but one out of 18 isn't, you know, that that's not a, that's not a great percentage. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> listen, I, I didn't do well in high school math. Uh, but uh, I, I agree with you. I know that's not a good one. It's uh, d- just over five. How about that? That's not bad for mental math. Grant, uh, thank you for not only uh, sticking with uh, sticking with the game tonight, but for also for chatting with me tonight. Uh, okay, I, man. I look forward to a future conversations. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right. That was Grant McCag. Now let's get the accent insurance moment of the game. Accent insurance moment of the game. So, um, not much to choose from uh, tonight because the Canadians were bad and very, very bad. However, you know, it's easy to get just get really angry like I was at the beginning of the game and and just really just tear them all to shreds and, you know, not look for any positive or glimmer of hope to hold on to. Well, you know, I, I what I really liked in this game was I liked that Brendan Gallagher got another goal. He scored against New York. He scored again tonight. Listen, he's not the same player he once was. And, you know, the Canadians aren't expecting him to be the same player that he once was. And anyone who is expecting him to be that player, you're going to – you know, live a life of disappointment until he retires. So, uh, but I, he's a very easy guy to root for as, you know, he, he's been a part of this organization, you know, for uh, better part. It's, I think it's 11 years now. I have a picture on my wall that I'm looking at right now. It's when he scored his first goal at the Bell Center. He's still wearing number 73 and Alex Galchenyuk was his line mate. You know that probably was when they were he was playing with Brandon Prust as well. That was the that was uh, what was that called the egg line, uh, I think. No, that wasn't the egg line. That was with Lars Eller. It was uh, whatever it was. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know he's just been a part of this organization for so long, and, and just to see him pot a goal, it felt good. 
It, it really, really did. And I think we can all agree on that. Um, hey, listen, if you liked tonight's episode, um, please subscribe if you don't already. Drop us a like, comment sick, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Spotify, follow us on YouTube. Uh, you know, wherever, you know, we're, wherever you think we are, we're there. So uh, give us the follow. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Sammy and Yellow back at Master Control. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you next week. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. LaVita.tv. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. 